Welcome back to the Outside and Active podcast. This week, Dominic Brown talks to Sabrina Pace Humphreys about her background growing up and barriers of entry to the outdoors. They also talk about where the idea for the group Black Trail Runners came from and the positive impact running has had on her life before they finish talking about her new book, Black Sheep, a story of rural racism, identity and hope. We've got an awesome prize for you to win from our friends at Mustang Survival. If you're venturing into colder waters, they are offering their Kazan dry suit liner worth £150 to one lucky listener. If you're looking for a versatile thermal dry suit liner to help keep you snug and warm under your dry suit, this onesie is the answer. We've got the links on our competition page so you can check out and buy one of these awesome liners as well. The competition closes on Sunday the 19th of June at midnight, so head over to outsideandactive.com forward slash mustang for details of how to enter and to find out more about these liners from Mustang Survival. Thank you also to our season partners, Whereabouts, for helping support the Outside and Active podcast. Whereabouts are a newly relaunched travel agent sending people on their bucket list adventure holidays every year from epic explorations to incredible backpacking ventures. You really will dig their tours. Visit whereaboutsholidays.com now. Whereabouts are you going? Now, back to the episode with Sabrina. For you, Sabrina, you started running. Where Where did it start? It started in 2009, and I do not come from a sporty background at all. Um, I really stayed away from sports because of a, a negative experience I'd had when I was at primary school. So I was, as a teenager... When I could go to the gym, I went to the gym, you know, the step machine and stuff like that. But I came to running in 2009 uh, because I was suffering from really extreme postnatal depression after the birth of my fourth child. And I really was struggling. And my GP had suggested alongside medication and therapy, why not try jogging? And that in 2009 was what really made me think, well, I'm willing to try anything to try and make my yeah. head feel less, less crowded. Um, and it started from there. Interesting. And I think it's well, well kind of re- reported and researched the benefits to mental well-being and mental health of being active and going outside. Did you notice it instantly or was it something that took a little bit of time to start kind of impacting on that? I think that um, I can remember that first couch, I I can remember that first one mile run and it was very much, I talk about it in the book, but it was very much walk one minute, run one minute. And the run was very slow and my breathing was all over the place. Um, And I really thought I was going to collapse or something awful was going to happen to me. But within that time of running, I didn't have those dark thoughts that my depression was giving me. So I didn't hate myself, hate the person that I am, hate the the mother that I felt I wasn't being. I didn't want to die during that. Although, you know, looking at it from a comedic point of view, I, at points I felt like I was dying. But yeah. um, it was the feel good, that little bit of something after it that even when I was sprawled across the floor and I just thought oh my god that was so hard that was like I did that Mm. and it was that endorphin rush I guess scientifically that made me a couple of days later think I want to go and experience that again because of that headspace I got when I was out there doing it. Interesting because a lot of people say they struggle with it might not necessarily just be the run it's getting out the door it's It's actually putting your trainers on putting your kit on and going out yeah was it that that 
that first experience of going, oh, actually, it's made me feel like this or not made me feel like this for, for however yeah, long. Yeah, for me, it was, it was exactly that. It was that within that time frame that I was out doing that first run, I honestly, the things that I was thinking about were very different than what had been consuming my head all of the time. So what was consuming my head all the time were all of those depressive, really negative thoughts about myself and my situation. Whereas when I was running, the headspace that I got, because all I was thinking was, remember to breathe, you know, stop now and walk, gather yourself again. And it was, so it was the the headspace that it gave me compounded by the endorphin rush. Those two things in tandem were the addict, it was like the, was how, I don't know how to explain it, but it was like the two things that I needed from that run to get me to go out again. And yeah. I believe that that, whether it's one or two of those things that you get when you start running, just one of them is enough to make you think, I'm going to try this again. I'm sure there were lots of steps in between and lots of hurdles and, and, and obstacles, but where, how do you go from doing that first mile or doing the, the minute running minute? Uh, walking to then going I'm going to take this a step further I'm going to jump into long distance running marathons ultra marathons where does that all come from I think it came for me from like it made me feel so good in those early days Um, I was a road runner so I wasn't a trail runner and I self um, coached myself through downloading stuff online to within a year doing a half marathon for charity and it was then that I thought I want to be around other people that enjoy this kind of thing too, because I was, there was only so far I could go doing it on my own. So I joined a local athletics club and I was the only person of color there. And, but at that point in my life, I was just like, I just want to be around other people that run. And I was so used to being the only person of color in my town. Anyway, that for me was my lived experience. Um, that developed into me doing my first marathon because I just have this thing inside me. It's like, Sabrina, you, you've always, you know, your lived experience and where you come from has been where there have been barriers put upon you, either yourself or community or that, or that, you know, where, where you live. But for me, it's like the question I even ask myself there is how far can you go? How far can your body move you? This body that as a woman that I have at times hated, the thighs that at times I've thought, well, I'm never going to be able to run that far because I'm not really thin like them, like those women in the magazines that you see. Um, I don't look like them. My my life's not like theirs. Um, and I think that there's always been this desire in me to to kind of push my barriers to and, and to really understand where those barriers came from and whether they can be opened. And I think in my running, I realized really quickly that it's a real form of healing for me, my running, the space that it gives me. And nothing gives me that in the way that running does. So I was always interested in how far can I go? I don't go fast. I've never podiumed. But it's not about that for me. Really? It's not about being the fastest. It's about how can I move my body forward across this distance and these terrains in a way that is good for me mentally and in a way that now in what I do helps to show other people like me, if you just take that first step, it's amazing what you can achieve if you just try. I think that's a great point because I, I 
a lot of people that we listen to this that are either maybe getting into running or not sure about it because they might look at park run. You see the people at the front going, looking for 16 yeah. minutes, 15 minutes. What is that about? Going, I, I don't want this. Yeah. I can't do that. Or yeah. that I, like you said, I don't look like that person in yeah. whatever shape or form. But actually, you there is that whole bunch of people there that don't care. They're don't there care. to spend time with their family. Yeah. To, away from whatever that might be going on at work to just have fun and relax and better themselves and 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 that's it you know you've hit the nail on the head it's like people say to me all the time so I'm a qualified running coach and I take uh all female groups out in my in my local town I have clients that I coach online and and what the majority of people that say to me when they're looking to get advice or they're looking to work with me is but I'm not fast or but I can't run up a hill. I'm like, we've got to continue to work to bash down these stereotypes of what a runner is. For me, it's like you move your body forward. A mile is a mile, however fast or slow you do it. And actually, I said to someone even today, I have more fun mid to end of pack than I had ever had. Not that I was near the front, but than I ever had when I was push, push, pushing for these PBs, these I never got near a 16 minute park run, but, but it's, it's for me, it's like the journey. The journey is part of the experience and the joy that running brings me. The goal, getting the medal at the end, you know, it's like, it's all, it's all well and good, but it's the people I meet and the experiences I have to get there that light me up, that make me think, wow, like, look at what I can do, mm-hmm. you know, it's. Amazing. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you grew up in the Cotswolds. I did. Which is an amazing place for the outdoors, but you've spoken before about it, it, it being a difficult place to grow up for you. It, yeah, it is. So I am a black woman. Um, I moved to the Cotswolds when I was four after my parents separated. And for many of my younger years and my teenage years, I experienced rural racism. So I would, I grew up with not around people that looked like me. Uh, where I live is majority white and especially when I was growing up there were no black people I knew one brown person and she was my friend we were very very good friends but there were no people that I would look around that had the same hair as me that had the same skin as me that that experienced the same racial trauma that I did and that that trauma was everything from name calling to physical abuse it was people trying to not understanding that like they couldn't touch my hair you know, I, I my mother is white. She didn't know how to braid my hair or anything growing up. So I had an Afro, like Michael Jackson, I guess, if you're looking for a visual representation. And being a girl and being a teenager and being different and not having straight hair that you could braid or, or that was silky. So people would try and burn my hair, you know, light my hair. And that stays with you. And when you can't look around and see other people that look like you who might be experiencing that too, the isolation that you feel as a child, and you internalise it. If they tell you you are other, you are different, you're alien, you believe it. Um, So my self-esteem was non-existent. It was non-existent. I was very shy because I didn't want them to target me. And and that's informed everything that I have done since. Certainly my work now as an activist and as co-founder and trustee of Black Trail Runners was all around you can't be what you can't see. So as a kid, I didn't know how to 
have dialogue with these racist children and adults. I didn't know how to look after myself. I didn't know how to navigate life as a child and as a teenager as a person of colour because I didn't have any representation around me. My my father didn't live with us. He was the black, he was my black parent. Yep. Um, and for years, you know, even in my kind of early 20s, early 30s, I would try and mask myself professionally. I would outperform everyone around me because I wanted that acceptance. Yeah. So when I started running, it was just my lived experience. There was no one that looked like me, but it was really in 2020 there where I had a really negative experience when I was training um, over in the Alps, which again, I talk about in the book. And it really made me question my running, which was this massive tool that I used to manage my mental health and whether I belonged here. And it was that question. I wonder if there are other black and brown people who them t- themselves too have been out trails, outdoors, and have thought, where are all the other black and brown people? Yeah, going through a similar experience. That yeah. You, thought process That's that you went it. Through. And I'm like, how do I find, if they are out there, how do I find them? And that question led led to black trail runners. Wow. And that's, you're, you're sporting the top now. And I was yeah. off, but sporting the top. And is that something that you're really proud of and something that is just growing? Oh my gosh. It, it is it's my purpose it is it was an idea it was this gem of an idea like I've just said you know why where are the people that enjoy the outdoors enjoy the trails the mountains the fells being outdoors where are they because I love being out here um and I've learned to feel safer being out here and when we launched Black Trail Runners it was it was it was that question, I wonder how many people, especially in the UK, but actually globally, are people of colour that that want more representation in the outdoors. And it has been phenomenal, the growth of Black Trail Runners. So we're a community and campaigning group for black people and white allies. And that's really important to say, because I think the word black in our name, some of the comments that we get from often racist trolls are, you're being divisive. You're being racist to us. And it's so far from the truth. If you really want to believe that, there's nothing I can do to change your mind. But actually, Black Trail Runners is a community and campaigning group that seeks to diversify the outdoors. And from our point of view, it seeks to engage, infuse and inspire black people to want to move themselves through the sport of trail running in the outdoors. If you are a white person and you want to look around you and see more diversity, you can be a member too and help us to do that. And I've been absolutely heartened and overwhelmed with the how our community has grown over the last 18 months, the initiatives that we've been able to work on, how we seek to continually address the barriers to access for black people in the outdoors. And that is three areas that we see as key. It's access, skills and representation. Access, one of those areas, financial access. It's it's expensive. Look around here at the stalls. Yeah. Look at how much a backpack costs, a pair of trail shoes. The barrier to entry. The barrier to entry. You know, it's not, again, what the racist trolls say to us, all you need is a pair of trainers. If only that were true, you would see more people of colour in the outdoors. It's not true. And if you want to believe that and you don't want to listen to the lived experiences of black people 
who are struggling so much more so because our pay scale is that much less than those of our white counterparts, which impacts upon how much disposable income we have. And skills, navigation. If it's not within your cultural community to even understand what a map looks like, never mind how to read it and read it while you're out there and know if I look to the left, what does the map tell me? It's got these squiggly lines on there. What does that mean? Is it a river? No, it's a contour line. It means when you look to the... If you've never grown up in a community that really has themselves experienced the outdoors or been taught that stuff generationally or from cubs or brownies or guys... How are you supposed to even begin to, and then representation, if all you see when you go to events, when you see speaker lineups, when you see features in magazines are often middle-aged white men, you say to yourself, subconsciously and consciously, where are the black people? Where's the representation? Where's someone like me doing that? You start to say to yourself, maybe this is its because it's not a safe space for me. And you either are the kind of person, which, yeah, right now I am because I have had to be and it's my purpose that's like, I'm going to address that or I'm going to be that person mm. that breaks the mold. Or as many people are, you're like, whoa, 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 I'm not, if my brothers and sisters are, I'm not going there. Like, how do I even begin to know what I need to do to go there? And that's what Black Trail Runners is for. I think that's such an important point that you touched on, what you mentioned there. To see someone like yourself, you're you're inspiring another generation, yeah. the next generation that people that will be looking and look at yourself and go, oh, actually, I can, I can do this. Because with Black Trail Runners, you're obviously empowering and, and supporting the people that are already in that environment. Mm-hmm. But to actually continue that, you are that kind of that role model and the people that look to. Yeah. And, and I'm sure... Um, like you said, we're at the National Outdoor Expo now. You've you've met people today that that have been touched by your story, your journey, and it and it showed on them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and it's always it's always you know I I experienced depression, episodes of depression and anxiety. So this morning on my way here, you know, you have those voices in your head that's like you look at the speaker lineup. You know, you see Saranel Fines, you see James Cracknell, you see Ben Fogel, you see. You see these names of people that as a child, like, you grew up with, but they didn't look like, like you. you. They didn't have the same lived experience as you. So even me now, I'm looking at the lineup and I'm like, why would anyone want to come and listen to me? Why? Why? So, you know, and in your head, the anxiety demon on your shoulder says, yeah, you don't belong here. What are you doing here? No one's interested. And then you do a talk like I've done today. And you have people come up to you at the end and they're crying because you've touched on something. And it's, yes, from a, a, a black woman perspective, absolutely like I I had people, as you saw in the kind of queue after, it's like we are represented. I saw your face on the list and I knew I needed to be here. And, you know, we need more of this. We need more of this. But then you also have white women who come to you in tears because you've touched upon something for them. The mental health, yeah. the postnatal depression, being a mother, being a grandmother. You, and you hear that connection from them. And it's like, actually, I think my story appeals and inspires and hopefully encourages people to think if she has episodes of depression and anxiety or if she's 
a mother of four, if she's a grandmother, if she's a black woman and she did that and she, it started with that little step. Yeah. Maybe I can too. And there's hope. And I just want, I want them to experience that hope because that's what I needed and that's what I hope to bring to the party. And I'm sure you've elaborated on all, all of this more in, in the book as well. So uh-huh. how, how did that come about? Yeah, that came about from, um, it was it was a friend of mine uh, in 2020. And uh, it was after the murder of George, uh, Amud Arbery, who was a black man, a young black man who was murdered while he was out running over in the States. Um, he was murdered uh, for doing that, which we love, mm. running because of the colour of his skin. And then we had the murder of George Floyd and the rise in the Black Lives Matter movement. And and it something broke in me at that time. Um, I was asking myself the questions around, am I safe in the outdoors? Am I safe in trail running? So I had started to talk more about my experiences. And a friend of mine, we met for coffee and she said, you know, you should just think about just writing some of this stuff down. And I was like, never in my wildest dreams did I think I had a book in me. Um, I have no formal qualifications. I was pregnant at 17. I have my first baby, 18. You know, I've got a couple of GCSEs and um, she is an author. And she said, just start writing stuff down, Sabrina. Just write it down. And then she was just really, which any good ally is, she was just like every three months in lockdown, she was like, how's it going? I was like, oh, yeah, it's just really hard. And she was like, I know, I know. But, you know, keep doing it. And then she had a look at some of the stuff that I'd written and she was like, you know, I think you've got, I think this is really strong. I think that you should uh, talk to my agent. And, you know, it's this thing, it's kind of this, this connections that you have. And yeah, I spoke to her agent and she represented a couple of other black authors too, which was really important for me. Um, And yeah, my little idea, my story of, you know, growing up in a town where no one looked like me as the real, the real basis of the book was picked up and Quercus uh, published me and yeah it comes out the book black sheep a story of rural racism identity and hope is out on the 9th of june and if i honestly i can't tell you like <laughs> it's a dream it's it's not it wasn't even a dream but it's like i'm a published i'm going to be a published author and it's 12 stories from when i moved to the town that I lived in, even before that, from before I born, from the experience my mother, the racist experience my mother had, mm-hmm. even being in a relationship with a black man and the importance of allies, the importance of, of people who will go out of their way to stand up for you and and everything in between that's led me to here. So I'm really proud of it. I'm really it. proud of it. If it's the only book I ever write, if it just helps one person, and I say this and I know it sounds really cliched, but I do believe individually we change the world. And if you can just change one person's thought process or make them believe that they can help to change, it's that collective change that leads to global change. And this is kind of my part of my legacy, I guess, always be there in some shape or form and I'm really really proud of it yeah well for people that, that are listening can't see you can see on your face how excited <laughs> so and, and proud excited, you are yeah. and, and deservedly so we're, we're excited for that have you had the book have you held the book yeah in look it's form? here look, look oh, well wow. it's not the finished copy but I did want to bring it today because there's a couple of people I wanted to show it to yeah. so this is like the proof copy so it's not the finished thing yeah. but yeah oh, wow. like these are my words so I'm flicking through the book now it must be such an amazing feeling 
I never believed that I would hold in my hand uh, 75,000 words of stories about what it is to what it is to have lived the life to this point. I'm 44. I've still hopefully got a lot of life to live. But um, already in terms of the proof copies that have gone out for review, people have been really, really kind, you know, wasn't able to put it down or it's a book that everyone should read. And I just, I want it to inspire. And as you said earlier, you know, about the younger generation, you know, them being our future. I really want this book to speak to them. And and all I ever wanted really as a car, as a kid was to pick up a book that was from the perspective of someone that was maybe experiencing some of what I was. And there wasn't a book like this. And now there is. So, well, yeah. you've got your heart and soul in it. So I we look forward, to, look forward to the launch of that. And um, and before we, we, we let you go, some general questions about running, which I think people, I mean, it's been extremely insightful so far, but just a couple of questions about your running experience in general. Um, what, what would you say has been the most important thing that you've learned from running? It can be something about you as a human. It can be something practical as a running thing, but, mm-hmm. or, you know, what do you think that you've learned? I think the most important thing that I've learned, and it's something that I learned from trail running more than anything. When I stopped chasing PBs and started to get outdoors properly, you know, it was that it's okay to stop and just be. It's okay to stop and take a picture. It's okay to stop and take in the most wonderful view. It doesn't mean that you're not a runner. Being slower doesn't mean that you're not a runner. It doesn't mean that you have any less reason to be out there on those trails. It's when you stop and slow down and look at what's around you that I think that running gives you everything that it it has in its in its basket. And I think that it was when I stopped chasing those times, those arbitrary times and started to say, you know what, I want to enjoy the journey that that I really just got so much more from running. Do you have a moment that, like a very memorable moment in running, either a picturesque moment or something that made you go, that was it, or that, I will remember that? Yeah, I think that um, when I was, uh, in 2016, I decided to train for the Marathon Day Saab, which for anyone that doesn't know is a ultramarathon in the Sahara Desert. And again, it was a dream. It was something that I'd saw, seen on television, a documentary about James Cracknell running it. And I I just kind of thought, I wonder if I can. And the thing that will stay with me, it's got a really special place in my heart, MDS. And it was on the last day. And it was, there was 5K to the finish. And we had been running around these old ruins. And we came to like the top of the summit of this kind of hill. And in the distance, we could see the gantry, the finish gantry. And at Marathon Day Sub, you don't get, if you don't cross that finish gantry and have completed all the stages, you don't get a medal. You don't get anything. Um, and after 18 months of training for that, in which I put my body through those things in training that I just was like, I'll never be able to do that. But I did. I went into the heat chamber at the end. I was going to say, how do you, how do you train? Yeah. Like, you I, have to try and replicate that. You heat. have to try and replicate and the heat and you have to get acclimatized to it. So mm. like, I had no idea that you could go and hire a heat chamber in a university and go and <laughs> run there and fall gear and carrying your pack. I was like, what is all this? This is so new. Mm. But on that final day, when I knew, I knew and I looked down and I thought, 
I'm going to complete this. You know, it's deemed as the toughest foot race on earth. That's, you know, it's, it's all, you know, it's, it's, uh, some people think it is, some people think it's not, but for me, it, it was, it was fair. It was the hardest thing I've done today, but knowing that I was going to cross the finish line on my daughter's birthday. So my, that baby I had at 18, that so many people said would ruin my life, crossing that finish line and, and kind of almost like doing that for her, that final bit and knowing that I can do hard things. I can do, we can do hard things if we just break them down into smaller chunks um, and address them that way. That was a moment I'll never forget, running into the arms um, of Patrick Bauer, who created the MDS. Um, at that point, it was 33 years ago, um, was a moment I'll never, ever forget. And actually the photo of me crying <laughs> and him cuddling me was like front of the MDS page that day. It was because it, it, it says everything, that photo, that yeah. photo sums for me at that point in my life, everything that I had been through and that I had got to the finish line of this race when many don't, many don't even make the start line. No, many tough. don't finish it. It's a tough race. It's hot. It's the conditions. It's the terrain. And I just, I'll never forget it. And it, it's, it's, I, I guess I'm kind of everything I do. I'm always looking for that buzz now. Um, who knows if I'll get it in three months when I do the whole of the Pennine way, but we'll see. Oh, wow. How's yeah. training going for that? It start, it's, it's, it's going, I'm just coming off a big winter training block and I go into specific training and I actually, I'm on the Pennine way tomorrow. So I'm leaving home at four in the morning to get to the Pennine way to do my 17 miles. Um, I'm trepidatious about it but I will do everything I can to be ready on the 18th of June. And just being there again, being on the start line, you know, this is a race that you do not see any, mm. if many people of colour doing it. It's very, very white, very, very white, yeah. very middle class. Um, because it's it's very expensive, you know, massive access barriers in terms of finances. But um, I'm going to do everything I can to get there in one piece. So well, we're wishing you the best of luck for that and Thank in you. training and for the actual race. Thank you. So for people that want to learn more about your story, the book release for that challenge and yeah. just everything else, where can people go? The best place to go where I'm most active is Instagram. If you're on social media and my handle is Sab Runs Miles or one word um or via black trail runners again uh search black trail runners on facebook or black trail runners dot run is our website or black trail runners on instagram or runners black on twitter um yeah any of those avenues you'll either be you'll see me tagged or if it's my personal accounts you'll be able to interact with me i i do i love social media for the community that it's it's brought into my life i mean it gets a lot of bad rep social media but i think in terms of who I am now and what I'm trying to promote, it works for me. And, and Instagram as a platform works really well. So yeah, come Thanks. join me there. Absolutely. Sabrina, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our conversation with the inspiring Sabrina Pace Humphreys. Don't forget, you can enter our competition to win a Mustang Survival Kazan dry suit liner worth £150 over at outsideandactive.com forward slash Mustang. Thank you again also to our amazing season partners, whereaboutsholidays.com. Whereabouts are you going on your next adventure? Until next time, enjoy the outdoors. <laughs>